Aphrodite, my guest on this edition of the Music Meets Pocket Podcast with me, Magica. Brigitte Aphrodite, punk poet, musician, theatre maker and feminist showgirl. Her self-penned musical My Beautiful Black Dog debuted at the Bush Theatre last year and it's just enjoyed a run at the Edinburgh Festival and it's going on tour all across the UK. The play tackles the stigma around mental health issues and Brigitte describes it as gig meets theatre meets tidal wave of glitter and says that depression is at its heart, but it's not depressing. It's joyous, funny and hopeful. Brigitte is a mentor for youth charity Arts Emergency, organising workshops for them. She's also invented the sport Frenning, which I'm very curious about. Uh, apparently it's a combination of running and dancing. One incredibly cool thing about her is that her name is Brigitte Aphrodite. That actually is her name because she's Greek. Best name ever. Brigitte Aphrodite, welcome to the podcast. Hi there, hi. I can't get I can't get over there. That's your name. It's just amazing. Yeah, best name ever or stupidest name ever. No, I'm no, not no. Sure. Definitely best name ever. <laughs> okay, um, so this is a pocket edition. So we've just got three pieces of music to listen to: one that you've picked, one that I've picked, and then one of yours. So what's the song that you've picked for us to listen to? Um, it's called Purple Hands by Quez. I think we're, we're, we're debating. How do we, how do we say Quez? Quez. 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 Yeah, Quez. Purple hands. Purple hands. <laughs> um, yes. Let's have a listen. Here in a hole. in one hand. Underneath the other. Till the cows come home. They love one another. Red and blue makes purple. Crop circles bearing the fruits of our love Red and blue makes purple Crop circles bearing the fruits of our love So that was Quez, or Quace, with Purple Hands. This is really gorgeous piece of music. I know nothing about him or where this has come from, and I'm really curious to find out a bit. It's stunning, really beautiful. Why did you pick this, and what's going on? Where did it come from? Well, I heard him do a, a live session on, on, I think it was maybe Six Music or something, and I was just doing the washing up. And um, you know when you hear something on the radio that really sort of freezes you freezes your brain your heart and you can't wash up anymore um, you know so and it was just him and I think kind of a keyboard I hadn't heard the recorded music but it was just so his sort of delivery was so simple but also so mm. connected emotionally I felt that's that's exactly it yeah so I then downloaded some of his music and this song really like evokes sort of calm summer 
love just really on so many levels makes me feel brilliant um, and calms me down so when you asked me to choose a track I was feeling quite manic at the time and the only thing on my sort of iTunes that I could pick was this tune Mm. because it was like oh this is how I'm feeling like yeah interesting I I really love uh, music as function like when you need something I listen to loads of Brian Eno not just because I think the guy's a genius but because his music is so functional when you listen to that ambient stuff it's it's just like going for a massage or something yeah, yeah, you know and sometimes i just need that when i'm in the tube and it's all crazy and hectic i sometimes just pop that on and it's like none of this noise is going to get to me i'm in my own world just me and Eno and all the sounds he's making exactly <laughs> but what's amazing here is that there's so much going on musically yes and yet he manages to evoke this mood. It's a real masterclass of mix, I think. If you listen to what's going on with the vocal as well, there's that little reverb that comes before the vocal, which actually has a real emotional impact because you kind of feel like he's already in your head or something. Yeah, you know, it kind yeah, of yeah. creeps up on you. I love little quirky things like that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I don't know the technical the way, ways. You said it was probably in the mix, but I was trying to think of that of when I was listening to it because all those sounds, some of them, they're quite twinkly, you know, mm. they're quite twinkly and they could on a, another context be, I suppose, twee, but they're just not. They just yeah. create almost like this heaven. But I think that's him that roots it, I yeah. think, because he's so like in alignment with his vibe and what he's communicating. It's quite kind of speaky, his way of singing, and that's what I think makes it feel so natural. It's just you don't feel like here is my vocal. I'm going to give I'm going to give a killer vocal take. It's just blissed out, and he's doing his thing. And so all this clever technical stuff that's going on behind, you're only really paying attention to him. Yeah, yeah, and his gorgeous delivery. And also, there's something else that we really, really love about it in a sort of fangirl way. Is it makes me totally like fall in love with him because often in music, I mean, obviously not always but often you're always hearing bravado Mm. and um uh, he really sort of challenges i suppose what is to be a man because masculinity yeah, yeah because he's like he's delivering like the idea of romance and beauty and you know speaks about the beautiful butterflies mm. but you know it's totally like it's very sexy it's right? so sexy <laughs> I'm like you talk about those butterflies like yeah. yeah and and also he's like declaring his love for somebody in such a genuine sort of mm. cool beautiful way yeah it is really beautiful the whole proposition of what he's trying to do and how he's getting in across it's it's rare i think yeah absolutely and i love this track forever and i just actually when i first heard him on that live session i think what got me i started ah, that was it i started crying it wasn't that song but i started crying in the in the kitchen because he did a song he's like yeah this is for my nan and granddad and my granddad's got alzheimer's and then he plays this most beautiful song like emotional song mm. but in that chilled way for his nan and granddad yeah. and oh my goodness that would have set me off <laughs> that was it that was it I was crying at DIY SOS the other day. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. Yeah, this guy, I, I mean, I really want to find out more about him now. It's, uh, and I think he's chosen his collaborators really well. I, I, shame. I don't know who did it and who he works with. I don't know if he produces himself. I'm sure he has yeah. a big say in what he does. But whoever mixed it and everything about it, you know. I think it's him. I think. I'm pretty well, sure. In which case, he's an yeah. absolute genius. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think it's him because um, I know he produces a lot of other artists okay. um, and he's quite shy in performing and not that would prefer to put his energy into producing in the studio. Mm. Um, but it's funny you mention Brian Eno because 
you know that sort of soundscape i mean that piece of music could also exist without the without the lyrics absolutely you know yeah yeah it's uh, sort of ambient That's so ambient yeah Amazing choice. Oh, thanks. I'm, I'm really impressed. It's always lovely on the podcast when I come across something and think, okay, why didn't I know that this existed? Because there's so much music out there and we, I think we end up talking about the same music a lot of the time. Um, and then some things get hyped, you know, and you think, is, is that all there is going on really? And then suddenly someone says, this, you have to just listen to this. Absolutely. And also um, in my head, I'm just like, why? Why isn't this number one? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I seriously think it, like, it's the best song ever. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, why, why, don't, why, why doesn't everybody think my, this is incredible? My conclusion is that the charts are no longer the charts. The charts are something else. Yeah. Uh, they're doing their thing. It's really about just who manages to cross over and sell those copies on iTunes. That's, that's all it is. And there are systems, there are ways to make that happen. Right. And I think this guy is not really interested in this. He's doing his thing. So, But let's go to his gigs and let's buy his yeah. music and let's support him. Absolutely. Great. Let's move on to my choice. I've selected a track by a female singer-songwriter, one of my favourite albums of all time. In fact, it's a miracle I haven't picked a track from it already on the podcast. Now is the moment. The album is called Eli and the 13th Confession. The track is called Woman's Blues and this is Laura Nairo. Nairo, Women's Blues from the album Eli and the 13th Confession. Before I start raving about it, you, your mouth is open. <laughs> What's your reaction? Yeah, I'm feeling a bit wow. <laughs> that was, I mean, I've, n- I've not quite heard something like it before, actually. And yeah, I'm surprised I haven't heard this woman. I mean, yeah, I, I loved it. I can't wait to listen to it again. Um, and I want to know what the lyrics are. I wrote some of them down. Um, me too. Yeah, did you? I wrote, uh, my man's run off, left me motherless. Yeah, oh my goodness. My man's... And go live as long as an elephant. Yes, I wrote that one down. That's a good line. Go live as long as an elephant. It's just so, but so, so soulful, so beautiful. But also at the beginning of the song, you feel like it's going to be something really different, but still yeah. really good. And then it just... But this is her thing, right? So when a friend of mine, who's a much older friend of mine, kind of, I guess, grew up the first time round with her. So this album is from 1968. Yeah, so wow. it's early, right? Yeah. So we talk about the Beatles. This is my bee in the bonnet, right? We talk about the Beatles. We talk about the Stones and people pioneering pop music and, and setting a template that would be followed much later. In 1968... 
she was doing this, which in my mind is like Motown meets Tori Amos. Yes. Like this kind of really twisted, obtuse lyrics, beautifully crafted, very soulful. And then Motown. Every track on this album has elements of Motown and elements of Tori Amos, like yes. this kind of, you know, brass bands and um, we, what we've now called singer-songwriter kind of style, you know, this kind of confessional songwriting. And she was doing that in 1968 and contrasting it with this kind of Motown arrangement. It's a little masterpiece. Yeah, it is. I, I think I wrote down progressive. I mean, because you told me how old it was yeah. and I, I can't quite believe it. I mean, it, it's like, it's got all that sort of, I don't know, guts and sass yeah. that... Um, that I find in sort of, I suppose, punk, you know, like, yeah, or whatever, you absolutely. know. Like uh, yeah, and it was only really kind of post-punk that women started doing that. You get Susie Sue and all of these, you know, been able to do that. But she'd already been there. It's just that, you know, this album is not that well-known. It's become a bit of a cult favourite. But her name doesn't roll off the tongue. You know, you talk about Laura Nyro. Most people, even those who love music from the 60s, probably don't know her. She wrote some songs that were covered. Um, she wrote one that was covered by Barbara Streisand. So she was quite a successful songwriter. Some of her albums are really downbeat. She's a piano player. And some of them she really focuses on playing the piano and singing. And there's one called Christmas and the Beads of Sweat, which I put on every Christmas when I'm decorating the Christmas tree because it's the least Christmassy music you can possibly imagine. <laughs> well, it depends how you see Christmas. It's very, very dark. Sounds brilliant. <laughs> she does this version of Up on the Roof, you know that one? Yeah. Up on the Roof, which makes you want to jump off the roof it's it's amazing um and there's a song called upstairs by a chinese lantern which it doesn't sound very christmasy to me but i don't think it's a christmas album i think it's about maybe christ more than christmas but um it's really amazing stuff well, listening to it, I heard... I mean, I, lo I really like Laura Marlin, but I feel like all those years ago, this Laura has taken it much further. Yeah. I feel like Laura Marlin must have listened to Laura... How was Nairo. Name? Nairo, yeah. Um, and, and this has just got kind of a higher kind I of so. element to mm. it. Um, uh, yeah, I just love the way that it, it went round everywhere. Yeah. You know, uh, melody, and the melodies yeah. were still like, they're still hooky, they're still yeah. in your in your brain. Like, mm. I can still remember them from just listening to it that yeah. once. Uh, yeah, thank you for introducing me to you're, that. You're more than welcome. I, I would be raving about this. I should have a T-shirt made and then everywhere I go, people say, oh, what's that T-shirt? This is why I'm doing the podcast, to, to share music I love. Uh, I would love this album to be better known. I think the only thing is maybe you do need to be a particular kind of listener and have a particular particular kind of openness of spirit to get into it it's not always an easy listen even though it's, you tap your foot and it's jolly there are 13 tracks and I can't listen to them all in a row yeah. I, I, I get about halfway through and then I stop and then I'll come back to it so I know the first half of the album much better than the second half simply because of that because it's really intense this album is probably her most jolly actually in that there is loads of Motown stuff the, the album starts with <laughs> Like you think, okay, here we go. And then it just kind of goes slow and goes fast. She plays a lot with uh, swingy rhythms and straight rhythms. So I think she does a little bit on this track, but it goes... She does it all the time. That's her, like, unique thing. Which, again, is quite experimental, really. Who does that? No, and, and also, I mean, from, um, from a vocal point of view, I think there's one bit where she just goes... Like, she's singing a lyric and then she goes... Bah, bah, 
ba-ba-ba-ba-ba, just sings that, like, vocally, ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba, like, yes! Like, just go ba-ba-ba, but it sounds so cool. Yeah. And sort of, you're with it, you're like, oh, yeah, you've been, like, swept along, like, a sort of, in her, in her kind of, That's her wave, it. you know? Yeah, yeah, it, it feels like waves, and sometimes she multitracks her voice as well, which, again, was quite unprecedented, really, that early on. I don't quite know how she did it. She must have had tapes, like, bouncing the tape onto another tape, and, you know, 1968, this is really a long time ago Um, and it's wonderful when she layers her voice and she sings harmony with herself stuff that Prince would do much later you know and yeah I cannot recommend it strongly enough Eli and the 13th Confession by Laura Nairo it will certainly uh, slip off my tongue all the time now I'm going to be showing off (laughs) I have have someone to spread the word an evangelist great so let's move on to the final track and this is one of yours what have you picked to have a listen to Um, so it's called Crescendorius I kind of made up that word, but it comes from the word crescendo, so it's sort of um, cheating, making up. Um, and it's from the piece of gig theatre, sort of musical, that um, I've made called My Beautiful Black Dog. And, yeah, it's I suppose it's sort of poetry to music. Mm-hmm. Speak singing, as my nan calls it. <laughs> Can't you do some proper singing instead of that speak singing that you do, Brie? <laughs> so, uh, but no, I can just do speak singing. <laughs> Let's enjoy your speak scene.
other people's hearts so easily. You said I made life more like fireworks for you and the people that were close to me. Well, that is the most lovely thing that anybody has ever, ever said to me. And in my firework display, you are the starry, starry night. You are the Van Gogh any day. You are the head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Toto, woof, woof. Where's Toto? Tingling, red wine. You are Judy Garland. You are gay pride. It's a wonderful life. Go, Belcher. You are horrible, beautiful, wonderful, the best I Prada shoe, a red and colour purchase from a market stall String vest, you are crescendorious You are, you are crescendorious You are, you are crescendorious You are glorious Crescendorious I vote that that becomes a new word, official word in the dictionary, because I think we all understand what it means when we listen to that track. So tell us about this project and this song and how the song fits in the play. So the project is a gig, poetical, sort of wild theatre musical. It's lyrically very rich, there's a lot of lyrics, um, uh, but it is also like going to a gig but without a mosh pit, you know, um, and um, it's about, at its heart, it's about depression and sort of mental health. And this song is sort of an acceptance song of love, an acceptance of love, I suppose. So it's like a love poem in a song, but it's also acceptance of oneself, one's mind, mm. um, in relation to the world that we live in. Mm. You know, the crazy world that we live in. Yeah. Um, like, life in a city, you know, can well, sometimes be... I, I picked up on that, the cityscape going on behind. I love that. How does that work on stage? Do you do you have a track? Do you have the, the sounds of the city coming in? Yes, so um, the producer, Nick Trepka, that um, I work with, he, he made an amazing backing track with our musical director, Quiet Boy, who's also in the show. So these very classy backing tracks. When you say backing tracks, yeah, you just yeah, think yeah. karaoke, didn't you? <laughs> well, that's what sometimes I think. Um, so there's live guitar and then there's the, the soundscape of, of the city. And you perform everything yourself? That's why you say it's like a gig, because it's Brigitte Aphrodite, but it's like a show. It's it's, it's your kind of, uh, again, I think you described it best, gig meets theatre meets tidal wave of glitter. So it's like, a, yes, somewhere between a concert and a, and a piece of theatre. Absolutely. So it has a, a sort of narrative, but more like an emotional narrative of what you you would get in a gig. Mm. You know, uh, when you go to the best types of gigs, they take you on a journey. Yeah. You know, I remember watching like, the yeah yeah yeahs and like I, I didn't want big memories of the gig and just like being literally taken on an emotional journey of like euphoria at the end mm. and then wanting to make music you know um and uh so that is it that is it and also there's a lot of bright colors within dark colors and bright colors within the show so it's quite um aesthetic you, you got stuff going on in the ears mm -hmm. the eyes um the heart yeah maybe like tears coming out mm -hmm. and then also at the same time because it's so mixed genre um some people you know it won't be for them yeah. because it's hard to s sort of define mm. i suppose it depends very much on the context in which it's performed and it's kind of 
promoted from what I've seen as a theatre piece, really, more on that side rather than, oh, Brigitte's in concert, let's go and see a gig. You know, it's you buy your tickets, it's mainly in theatres. So I don't know. For, for me, I would be very surprised to go and see that and go, oh, it was quite theatrical. I wasn't expecting that. I mean, you'd have to be a bit slow not to realise you're stepping into a theatre or a theatre-type space. Yes. You know? Yes. I think probably mainly from the other way, actually, like people that go to see a lot of theatre, a lot of people have said, I mean, it's been received really well, um, but a lot of people have said, like some reviews, like, it was great, it was great, yeah, very emotional, yada, yada, very sweaty, very (laughs) sweaty. just like commenting on how sweaty it is just like you go to any gig and like there's going to be a bit of sweat isn't do you <laughs> not think that's because you're a female or maybe yeah do you think they comment on benedict cumberbatch's sweat when he's doing hamlet maybe actually yeah maybe i'm maybe. sorry i've become such a hardcore feminist no, every I time mean, i'm a total feminist i just pick yeah. up on this and i think like some of the words we use to describe female performers we do not use those words to describe male performers no, you know no. a singer i worked with for years i'd hear words in french like agaçante which means like kind of oh uh, really annoying like and this is a kind of word you only use for a female artist as far as i can see you could be the most temperamental male artist and you'd say oh he's a character he's a real character yeah which is a positive isn't it yeah, yeah i was i've weirdly i mean i'm a massive feminist as well but i didn't think that that was why it was but actually thinking about it maybe because you see a lot of men sweat on yeah. stage in theater performances and you'd never put it in a review that's totally true isn't it and also like i don't think i've got like a particular sweat problem <laughs> like like just like i mean i swear you know like i don't think i sweat yeah, more yeah. than the necks of like doing dancing and you know doing dancing and high vocal yeah. um demands so yeah that's an interesting point um maybe i should write about sweat and feminism in theatre and music yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah so uh, a lot of the tracks come from the piece which will be an album yeah that was going to be my next sorry, sorry no no it's fine I was just I was really curious is it, are you going to package stuff up record it as an, an album and then release that in a traditional sense as an album absolutely so the show because it's so mixed genre it can be a lot of different things so it's going to be an album um, it's just getting kind of financial to release an album it takes a little bit longer and so we're so busy performing the live show but hopefully because we've done so much touring with the live show mm-hmm. and you know it's creating a sort of very small cult fan base yeah. of um you know people that want to talk about mental health mm-hmm. in in a poetical fashion then uh, hopefully by the time the album is able to be released you know mm-hmm. I, i'd like to get some vinyl done of it and also it'll be on sort of itunes and all yeah. that and spotify um and stuff like that great and you've got some kind of backers haven't you you've got people helping to support the project to move it forward absolutely i've basically everybody we work with is uh my mates <laughs> which is absolutely amazing so my partner quiet boy who's a music artist in his own right and is in the show and has musically directed it and then the production company that's putting the show on is called Boom Shakalaka Mm -hmm. and it's my best friend Gemma Kearney who's a a quite mainstream radio presenter actually but she's wild heart you know she loves well this is the point of which to say how me and Brigitte met which was a few weeks ago we both randomly ended up at a thing at the the welcome collection i think and it was a live edition of late junction on bbc radio 3 and my friends uh juice vocal ensemble were singing with mara carlisle they were doing a it's the body of songs project where everyone was singing about different parts of the body and mara was singing about the kidneys i'm absolutely going to play that track on a future podcast because i loved it it was so gorgeous me too i just got goosebumps even thinking about it just um anyway 
that's coming up soon coming soon <laughs> on the podcast the song about the kidneys from Mara Kala um, and I vaguely knew Gemma because of uh, Deborah Coughlin who's been on the podcast previously so I just went up to say hi and me and Bridget just got chatting about the body and about beatbox and all of this and, and she gave me a flyer and I was like hmm this looks interesting <laughs> and I googled you and checked it out and I thought right got to get her on the podcast so and i'm pleased you did it's yes been... all thanks to Gemma, really yeah yeah yes yeah. she's well i think most of my friends i mean i've met through Gem. she's one of these brilliant generous gorgeous human beings that's an absolute connector like you, you know you write down all my mates and like probably like over half of them i know through through her mm-hmm. like people that i absolutely adore like Deborah, who, yeah. who is the queen of gaggle. Queen of gaggle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, who I've totally fallen in love with. And, you know, now I've met you, Matthew. Yeah. <laughs> and that was, I've, only, I've met Gemma once, and that yeah. was when I was recording the podcast with Deborah. Yeah. But like you say, it's so lovely when you feel that people are so open to make connections and share people as well. Beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Great. Well, I normally ask uh, people what they're working on and what's coming up, but I think we've pretty much covered it. Yeah. So you're off on tour with My Beautiful Black Dog. Uh, album coming out next year yeah you can listen to Crescendorius now yeah <laughs> I'll include a link in the yeah. show notes oh yeah that'd be um, cool. anything else coming up or are you just focusing on that project right now well, I'm doing some writing about other things and I'm sort of carrying on the sort of crusade to speak about mental health in a positive mm. way, I suppose. So I think that will be a sort of life's work, Yeah. Um, you know, to always like, from now on. So, yes, writing more stuff, working with young people and speaking about mental health in a, a sort of fun <laughs> interesting way if that's possible I I think it is I think if anyone can do it you can thanks thanks so much well thanks so much for being on the podcast just going to let you know as ever if you want to get in touch you can follow me on twitter at magica send me an email podcast at magica.com you can find show notes with all the links to the music we've been listening to at magica.com forward slash podcast now we're going to end with a vocal impro as we always do what what the main themes what have we been talking about we have been speaking about love, connecting people together. Mm-hmm. Speaky singing. Um, <laughs> speaky singing, yes. And sort of our minds. Yeah. Right? And, and progressiveness. Okay. Don't quite know where to start. With oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just that's, to me. I just go on and on. I can't help it. Okay, so we have to get all of that. We can't leave anything out. Okay. Okay. All right. All Let's right. go. All right. <laughs> All covered. (laughs) Good job.